listening to True G Radio. Turn up that dial. Welcome to Faith Radio with your host, Dr. Daniel Merrick. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But that's the translation, but that's wrong. The Lord is not the translation. It is uh, Yahweh or Yahweh. So that's his name. He who causes to be. In other words, that's, that's God's name. So get your Bible and get ready to study the word of Almighty Yahweh with Dr. Dan. That's his name. It isn't Lord. Who has believed their message? And now, Dr. Dan. Hello, I'm Dan Merrick for Faith Radio, The Latter Rain Chronicles. Oh, look at this. It's almost the pagan New Year. Yes, the pagan New Year. You know, the one that's in the middle of the winter. Yes, folks, today we're going to talk about the pagan New Year and the truth of the true New Year and which you should keep. All right, you guys all know about the two-faced deity by the name of J-A-N-U-S. Yeah, that two-faced deity came out of Greek and Rome, and they used to do this thing in the winter solstice time. Right after they kept the Saturnalia and Juvenalia, you know what they did? They ran off and had another big party, got drunk, and had the New Year, as they called it, on the Roman New Year. Of course, people get drunk on this day. Get drunken, drunken, drunken. You know, the scripture says that we should not be drunk in excess, but we should be filled with the Spirit of Almighty Yah. I'm in the process right now of writing a book about the Jubilee years and about how the new year actually began on the first day of the week. According to the scriptures in Genesis 1, chapter 1, it said the evening and the morning were the first day. So, the actual start of the year was in one abib in the year 39. Let me get this right. I got to look at my notes here. It was in the year 3971 BC. Now, if you look at the calendars uh, that they're out there, I mean, there are several calendars that try to uh, adjust themselves to biblical calendars. Of course, we have the Roman calendar, which is the one we use right now, which has the months, you know, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, and so on. These are pagan names for pagan months that are set by the Roman calendar system. When Addo Domini, a monk of the Catholic Church, actually set up a calendar dating system. Of course, the calendar changed over the years and there was adjustments made to it. But they were kept in consistency with the previous calendars in counting the seven days to Sabbath uh, from the very first calendars. Now... The Hebrew calendar is a 30-day calendar, and that calendar starts in Leviticus chapter 23, and in Deuteronomy 16, it says, observe in the month of Abib uh, that the that is the time when Yahuwah, your Almighty, brought you out of Egypt. 
So the day of creation was one abiv, or one aviv in the modern Hebrew. They use the V for the, the replacement of the B. Uh, but it, it was one abiv. And in Leviticus chapter 23, it tells you, it says, in the month of abiv, you count 14 days from the new year to the Passover, and then you keep the Passover, and then the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the calendar is actually set as a setup time for us to be able to calculate when we are to keep the feast days every year. Now, there's a lot of people out there that say, oh no, the calendar's reset every year, and then uh, every every year we, we count a new set of seven days to the seventh day of the week and keep the seventh day by that. But that's not consistent with Scripture teaching because it says in Leviticus chapter 23, it says, the Almighty spoke to Moses and said, these are how you'll keep my feast and observe them and do what exactly I say. Don't add anything to, don't take anything away from. And he doesn't say recalculate the Sabbath day. He says every seventh day from creation and from the days of manna in the wilderness, they kept the Sabbath day. The seventh day is a day of rest. Now, the seventh day is not Sunday, as many Christians think. Many Christians think that the, you know, the calendar, as they keep it, uh, is Sunday as the seventh day, and uh, Saturday is, is, uh, is, you know, the sixth day. But uh, their calculations are off because Monday isn't the first day of the week. Sunday is. And you can look. There's a link on the website at yaspace.org to the actual calendar, star calendar, and agriculturally correct calendar dating system um, at the uh, Church of God site. It's uh, cog.org, I believe is the way the website is. Let me see this. I'll check it, make sure. Yeah, it's, it's www.cgsf.org. That's C-G-S-F or uh, C as in Charlie, G as in God, S as in Sarah, F as in Frank.org. And there they have a calendar dating system that it sets by the traditions of the Jewish Hebrew calendar. So if you want to adjust for the sighted moon calendar from that website, you'll have to get a moon phase calendar and look at the moon phase and see when the actual sighted moon, sliver of the moon, actually was for the first day. So now, when we look at how a day is kept, a day is actually kept by the biblical day at the sundown in the evening. So the start of the new year, it would be sundown, like four or five o'clock, six o'clock in the afternoon, get to seven o'clock, the dark, it starts to get dark, and, and by eight o'clock or so, it's dark. When it's dark in the new year, uh, on that day, you'd see a small sliver of the moon in the sky and Back in the ancient days in Israel, they had watchmen on the hilltops and on the walls. And whenever there was a new moon, they would blow the shofar, or blow the trumpet and let the people know, hey, it's a new year or hey, it's a new moon. So that they knew what the new moon was and they knew how to count the days from there on. So the days actually by Leviticus chapter 23, keeping of the sighted moon would be adjusted to the number of days by the moon cycle. And therefore, by the moon cycle, you would have a set number of days and months. Now, you often hear teachers and preachers in the Messianic or Hebrew roots 
of the faith saying that, oh, there's the agriculturally correct and the biblically correct calendar. But you have to take not just the scripturally correct, but the agriculturally correct and the moon phase correct calendar according to the instructions given in the Old Testament and Torah. Because it says we are to observe in the month of Abib. Observe the moon of Abib, the first month of the year. Now, and you knew it was the first month of the year because it's very clear by the word Abib, its interpretation is the beginning of green ears of corn of barley. So the barley harvest, which is the first fruits of the offering in unleavened bread, has to have green ears and going to be ripe to harvest in the next 15 to 18 days in order for you to keep the first fruits offering of barley in the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So when we look at this, we we line it up with the agriculture, with the sighted new moon, and with the month in which it was to be done in the springtime. So the spring is actually the new year, not the end of December, not the beginning of January, not at the darkest time of the year. No, the spring is the time of new beginnings when Yah actually created the world. Now, uh, I hope to have this book published uh, by the first week of January uh, coming up uh, on the Jubilee calendar and the year of creation and such. But it, as you, once you get the book, and you can, you can get it at yahbible.org, you'll see the Jubilee calendar of Yah from Scriptures is the name of the book. It has the first year of creation, the year of creation, and actually the day of creation on the Roman calendar was actually the 25th of April in the year 3971 B.C. It was minus 210 on the Hebrew calendar. And the reason that is, is the Hebrew authorities, the rabbis, the Jewish um, leaders, they came up with a year calendar system based on their own doctrines of men and prognostications of their most learned elders. And so uh, they got it wrong, though, because they didn't account for some of the years uh, because of their uh, miscalculations by uh, mankind's own constructions. In other words, when these guys set up religions, they come up with ideas that aren't really found in the Bible, and they don't reason out by every resource that they can find to get the exact dating system and the exact timing system of things. Now, if we're going to set the calendar in a proper way and know when creation was, know when the Messiah died and when he was born and and, uh, when he rose from the dead, and uh, when is the season, as it says in the scripture, you'll know the season of his coming. If, If we're going to do that, we need to know the calendar system. And if we're studious... And like the Bereans, who studied a lot in the scriptures, then we're going to want to look at it. Now, in the year 30 AD on the modern calendar system, the Roman calendar system that we date, Yahshua the Messiah actually entered the temple and read from the scroll of Isaiah. And he read 
the the passage that says uh, about the acceptable year of Yahuwah and the Jubilee announcement from the scroll of Isaiah. So when we look at that and we see that was the year 30 and that was probably most likely if we uh, if we uh, reason out by our dating methods and such, it was probably about the time of the Feast of Atonement in that year, because in Leviticus, uh, it says, and in the Old Testament Torah, it says that you're to announce the Jubilee at the Feast of Atonement and at the Feast of Trumpets. So when we look at that, uh, we, we see that uh, at, the fe- at those feasts, the announcement of the Jubilee year is coming. And uh, a lot of the uh, rabbinical Jewish teachers, uh, when they look at that scripture and they, and they read that from uh, the book of Luke, um, they go, oh, well, he cut off the middle of that passage and didn't go on for the uh, rest of it which uh, talks about the year of Jubilee going on from there in Isaiah. And that's because the other parts of the year of Jubilee announcement, uh, which was uh, to be said there, would not be said by Messiah and not completed by Messiah until you get to his second second coming, his second return. When he returns... Uh, that's when the last jubilee, the 120th jubilee, will happen. Now, we believe that, uh, as it says, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day in the eyes of Yahuwah, 2 Peter 3.8. So, therefore, we consider that the six days of creation, one day is a thousand years, is the six years, six thousand years that mankind gets on the earth, which equals exactly 120 jubilees. So uh, you count every 49th year, and then the 50th year is a jubilee, and you announce it in the 49th year, and then it begins in the spring with the month of Abib on the next after the announcement. So during trumpets and atonement, you announce it's going to be jubilee, and then the jubilee starts the next uh, springtime on the first of Abib. Now, an interesting thing about it is if you go to the calendar dating system that I gave you the link to, and I'll put the links up on my website. In fact, they're already up on uh, yahbible.org and at yahspace.org, our online congregation, which is free to join. Um, You can see in that calendar dating system that actually in the year 2031, April 25th, is the same as one Abib as it was in the year 3971, the year of creation. So it's the same exact date in the dating system to 121 year or 120 years of jubilees. So you're counting 120 jubilees all the way through 6,000 years. And that means that the seventh millennium or the seventh day of creation, the day of rest, would be the millennial kingdom reign of Yahshua Messiah, as it talks about in the book of Revelation. It says that uh, then the Messiah would return and he'll rule the earth with a rod of iron. And the scriptures say, whosoever does not come up of the nations to keep the feast of tabernacles in that day, 
there will be no rain on their land, and they'll not be blessed with uh, with uh, good harvests, and uh, therefore uh, they will have a, a curse upon them until the next uh, opportunity to come up for the Feast of Tabernacles, because the tabernacle of Yah is going to rest on the earth renewed with men at the end. And that's where the bride of Messiah, the congregation of Yah, will live with Yah. And that's where Yah will rule the universe from for all eternity. But first we have this thousand-year millennial kingdom, which is talked about in Revelation, where we shall learn. And uh, there's an old prophecy, an old prophet that said, in that day when Messiah, the great high priest, comes to rule the earth as both king and high priest over us, those that know shall teach those that did not know. So, we're going to find that when the end of the age comes and the great tribulation comes, There'll be some people that will not receive the mark of the beast, some people who will not worship the image of the beast, some people won't get a computer chip or whatever it is in their right arm or forehead to buy in the cell. They'll refuse it, and they'll run to the wilderness. And those that escape into that, that maybe are are not saved at that point or are, are, are um, you know, just on the fence, but they don't want to go along with the anti-Messiah, they're going to enter the millennial kingdom. And it says in the scriptures that a child will be a hundred years old. (laughs) So man is going to be restored to a longer life period during the thousand year reign of Mashiach. Now, something that the Christian world has not become privy to on a large scale is the fact that the idea of the secret rapture where you know, the left behind movie theme of all of a sudden a bunch of people disappear from the face of the earth and they're not seen anymore um, because they're raptured supposedly into heaven to to spend the great tribulation period with uh, Messiah and with the creator. Um, that isn't in the scriptures. That is, isn't actually a, a truthful account of it. What actually happens is the bride of Messiah goes through the Great Tribulation. The believers, the true faithful believers who are following, who are saved, baptized in the name of Yahshua Messiah, and living the life of walking not after the the flesh, but walking after the Spirit of Yah, and walking in the Spirit of Yah to do the missions of Yah, to seek out and save the lost— those people will go through the Great Tribulation. We see in Matthew chapter 24, Messiah says, immediately after tribulation of those days, then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven coming with all his angels. And then we go to 1 Corinthians 15, 52, one of my favorite verses I always like to add to my, my preaching and teaching. At the sound of the last trump, then the dead and Messiah shall rise up. Then those of us who are alive will rise up to meet him in the air. And there we shall be with Mashiach and with the Almighty forever and ever. Now, it says that we're changed at that moment in 1 Corinthians 15, 52. We're changed in the moment of a blinking of an eye, for we shall no longer have the sinful flesh because we're going to put on sinless flesh. And it says we shall be like him. Like who? Like Messiah. We will have sinless flesh. We will have eternal flesh. We will be able to live 
our lives in perfection by the power of Yah and His Spirit for all eternity. And then we're dressed in robes of white. We have to put on those special robes of white garments, the wedding garments. And then we return to the earth with Mashiach after meeting him in the air. So that's what the biblically correct interpretation and understanding of the rapture is, is we don't get raptured until the end of the tribulation. So this guy comes along before this happens called the anti-Messiah. And the anti-Messiah will deceive many people. In fact, the Bible in Matthew chapter 24 and Messiah himself said it there, had not these days been shortened, even the saved or the elect would, be, would not be saved. Would they be lost? And, or, and also it says that had not these days been shortened, even there'd be no flesh left upon the earth because it's a time of trouble greater than any other time of trouble has ever been before or ever shall be again. So first this anti-Messiah comes and he deceives the world and a lot of people go along with him or receive a computer chip in their right arm and forehead or or, or some sort of symbol of, of worship of the uh, satanic image of the beast and they follow after him and it's all tied to an economic system to buy and to sell. And so those that go along with him, the scripture says that they literally give up their eternal soul, their spirit, their soul, whatever you want to call it, that goes away and they can no longer be saved if they receive that mark in their right arm or in their forehead to buy and to sell. So, uh, as we see in Second Thessalonians, they're warned, the church or the congregation in Thessalonica is warned that, you know, don't be thinking that this has already happened because first the Antimashiach has to come before Messiah returns. It's right there in the, in the New Testament scriptures. I don't understand why Christianity does not read the Bible that they claim to follow and actually see what it says there that it says, well, wait a second, don't be concerned about this, that people are saying Messiah came already and you got left behind. As he says there in Second Thessalonians, he says, don't be worrying about it. I did, remember when I was there visiting you and I preached to you and I told you, first there's a falling away and then the anti-Messiah comes. And the anti-Messiah must come first, the son of perdition, the lawless one, the one who preaches and teaches sinful nature. Some people believe he will be a man that is literally indwelt with the spiritual demons of Satan or the demonic power of even Satan himself. So um, the important thing to remember is that we have clues in the scriptures that teach us how we are to keep things and do things. And therefore, if we're watching and praying, the scripture says, the Messiah said in Matthew chapter 1, if you're watching and praying, then you will know the season that it's going to happen in. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm writing this new book about the Jubilee calendar system and such, because I talk a lot about the framework of what the season and the times that we're in right now. If I am correct, and I'm not saying that I am 100% correct in this, but I'm saying I've made an educated guess, let's put it that way, in this book, then I would say that we're looking at a dateline 
of somewhere around 2031 for things to start happening, which would mean if the last half of Daniel's 70th week, three and a half years of great tribulation was to come, it could come as early as 2028 in seven years, roughly. Or it could, the Messiah and the Creator could say, wait a second, we'll give it to 2031 and then 2031 on from there. But if my dating system is correct, I'm pretty sure that, as it says, the fig tree that budded when Israel became a nation in 1948, that that generation should not pass away until all these things be fulfilled and the Son of Man returns or Yahshua Messiah comes back for us. So, uh, if we're looking at this dating system and we're looking at all the scriptures that are telling us this, then we know we're in that season. That gives us six to seven years now for us to go preach the gospel and tell the truth to these people. So we need to study these things, get to know what the true new year is in the spring and how the seasons happen in the Feast of Trumpets and how these things are, like it says in Colossians, a shadow of things to come of what is going to be happening in biblically significant wise teachings so that you know, oh, The Passover was my Passover lamb. He sacrificed himself on the tree for me on the stake and gave his blood for the forgiveness of my sins. Oh, the the unleavened bread, I'm supposed to work on sanctification and get the sin, the leaven out of my life and become a better person. Oh, the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot. Oh, I'm supposed to be filled with the Spirit and not filled with drunkenness as they are on the January 1st day, all drunk from the night before, uh, keeping their pagan feast. I'm supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not filled with alcohol. Oh, uh, yeah, next what comes. What comes next is the Feast of Atonements, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Tabernacles, and then the last great day, which represents Judgment Day. And we can see each of these feasts as they're given to us represents the plan of salvation and how Yahuwah God Almighty will redeem his people to himself and bring us into a millennial kingdom and an eternal kingdom where our Kohan Gadol, Melech, shall sit upon the throne. Now, that's Hebrew for the high priest king. He's going to be the priest and king both sitting on the throne of David, ruling the universe from there as the Almighty rules as king of the universe. He shall rule us as king of our eternal kingdom. So Yah the Father and Yah the Son have a message for us. And that message is, stop sitting on your butt, get up. Start doing what Yah wants us to do. Seek out the lost. Seek out those who are in need. Seek out and do and preach the good news that Yahshua Messiah has come and that he's coming again. And you must be born of the Spirit of Yah, be born again to enter into the kingdom of Yah. And so, when we look at the biblical dating system, versus the pagan New Year system, we have a totally different picture of what is unfolding before us. When we keep those feasts, and when you look at it, once you're able to get it, you know, once it's uh, it's done being edited and 
and published and such on uh, yahbible.org. Once you look at it, realize this. The Jubilee years, they haven't been kept perfectly. The sabbatical years, they haven't been kept perfectly either. Many of these things have not been kept by Israel or by Israyah or by even us, the New Covenant believers, uh, uh, throughout our, our lives because we are imperfect. But during the millennium when Yahshua comes, we shall keep them per- in perfection because we shall be revealed at that time to know exactly what Yah intended for us to do and how we are to worship him in spirit and in truth by keeping those feasts. Now, a lot of people will go and set aside times and and set uh, the feast to keep the Passover and then keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread and keep the Feast of Tabernacles and so on and all the different feasts. But in order to keep it according to the biblical instructions, in reality, we have to be able to go up to Jerusalem in order to do it for three times a year during the Feast of Passover, during the Feast of uh, Weeks or the Pentecost, and during the Feast of Tabernacles. We're supposed to go to Jerusalem. And mankind has not been doing that. Not the Jews, not the Hebrews, not the Christians, not the Messianics. There's nobody that's been keeping it perfectly and going to Jerusalem every year to keep those feasts three times and bring an offering and not come empty unto the house of Yah. And so, when we look at this and we see that we have not kept it perfectly, we're going to have to have a thousand-year Bible class so that we can learn from Mashiach, from the apostles, from the prophets, exactly where we went wrong and how we are going to get it right for the thousand years of the Messiah's reign. And then, in the eternal kingdom, as Yah reveals to us what greater things he has for us to be revealed in the millennial kingdom. All right, we're going to take a short break, and I'll be back after these messages. And you stay tuned because I've got a little bit more message for you about the Feast of Janus versus the Feast of Yah and when the real New Year is. You can reach Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan. and become his friend on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Daniel Merrick. MySpace.com slash Daniel Merrick. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-M-E-R-R-I-C-K. Or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. Facebook.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. D-A-N-I-E-L-W-M-E-R-R-I-C-K. And don't forget to join his free social network at Yaz Space, Y A H S Space dot org. Yaz Space dot org. Yaz Space dot org. Hey, you can tweet me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. This radio broadcast depends on the contributions of viewers like you. We appreciate your tithes and offerings and the gifts of our supporters and listeners worldwide. Without your kind gifts and offerings, we cannot reach so many with the good news of Messiah's love and salvation. To give your gift online, you can click the PayPal button at thinkya.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-Y-A-H dot org. Or visit our social network at yahsspace.org. That's Y-A-H-S space dot org. Our goal is to continue to reach the world for Messiah, and your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated and help keep this broadcast on the air.
Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And it shall be at that day, saith Yah, that thou shalt call me Ishi, and shalt call me no more Be'ali. For I will take away the names of Be'alim out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. Then they that feared Yah spake often one to another, and Yah hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared Yah and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith Yah of hosts. The Yah Bible, available at Amazon.com, your favorite bookstore, or www.thinkyah.com. Hello, I'm back. Dr. Dan here. Hey, listen, you know, there's a really great website called yahspace.org where uh, over 2,500 members of the congregation Yahshua Messiah worldwide go to read the blogs and read some interesting studies on the scriptures there that I have in the blogs and in the forum and to talk with each other and get to know one another. We even got a single site over there too, you know. (laughs) So if you're single and you're looking for a Yah-like bride or yah like husband then yahspace.org might be just the thing that you're looking for so get over there to yahsspace.org yahspace.org and check it out uh it's free to join and i got a few questions it's kind of a little bit of a hurdles to jump through to get in there because we wanted to be very very careful that we didn't get a lot of spammers in there and a lot of those fake profiles like you see on Facebook and other places that are out there. There's a lot of people out there that the only reason why they want to join anything is to try to sell or scam you out of some money or something. And we here at uh, Faith Radio, the Latter Rain Chronicles, don't want our congregation members in the, you know, the scripture says there's only one creator, one Messiah, one faith, one body of Yah. So we are the one body of Yah where every place and everybody is uh, is accessible online to that congregation and can join. So we do have a few hurdles. Like I said, there's some, you know, things you got to go through in order to prove that you're a real person and not one of those robots trying to, to get in there or one of the scammers is trying to get in there. So uh, and, and just try to sell people and, and, and make usury of them or, or trying to scam people out of money because you see a lot of that online anymore. I get like 50 or 60 emails every week from someone saying that, you know, I had some distant relative that died in Guyana, Africa. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's the scripture said that in the last days there'd be wicked people that would do wicked things. And they certainly are. They're out there. and They're trying to say, oh, you know, oh, you, you just, you know. $25 million, you know, you can just inherit it. Just give me your bank account numbers and your birth date and all the information. And then, <laughs> and then guess what? All the money you do have, which a little bit of did you do have in the bank account, will end up going away because the scammer, once he gets all that information, is going to steal from you. Because wickedness is abounding, and so the love of many is waxing cold, as the Scripture says in these days. 
So we're talking about the biblical calendar dating system in the Jubilee and the new year of the pagans versus the new year of Yah, which is in the spring. So we read in the scripture, it says, observe in the month of Abib and keep the Passover of Yah 14 days after the new year. For on the month of Abib by night, I brought you out into the wilderness out of Egypt. So Yah brought us out into the wilderness out of Egypt. And he said to us, you know, uh, hey, listen, I got some commandments for you. So I'm going to write them down with my own finger on stone. I'm going to give them to Moses here. And Moses is going to give you two tablets and you call me in the morning. Uh, so when we look at this here and we find out that what happened with the new year was that the new year was in the springtime. And that's how Yah said it. But then mankind from the Babylonian Empire in, into the Greek and the Roman Empire and into modern society came up with their own traditions, their own ways of keeping things. And they set the new year by the middle of the winter in the darkest days of the year by the traditions of men and traditions and religions of idolatry. So the commander-in-chief, Yah Almighty, said to us, Don't be like the pagans, for they even sacrificed their own children in worship of their idols. So when we read that in Torah and we find out that, you know, many of these pagan days, like January 1st and the two-face uh, demon uh, depiction of the stone sculpture of the evil uh, New Year deity, uh, you know, they there were people who would do things like sacrifice children to these deities and uh, do all sorts of heinous things that would be considered uh, very heinous crimes, even by the most un, uh, biblical or unreligious person out there today. But yet we see in our society uh, much of this uh, paganism being practiced in other ways, like with the abortion clinics where they murder the unborn child. You know, um, that was prophesied in Scripture because it said basically that in the last days that literally we would eat and drink the flesh and blood of our children uh, because of the evil that we do. And, and basically, uh, in, in a way, when you abort a child unborn, you are not just committing murder, but you are literally consuming that flesh uh, through the uh, through the. Um, many of the processes that uh, those dead baby parts go to nowadays that we found out. We found out there's many places where they've used uh, reconstructed DNA of dead babies and, and other things to manufacture certain products and do certain things that are out there. And so when we see this evil that's upon us, how can we not say that this is the wicked and evil day when Yahuwah told us that uh, there would be the day and the hours when a tribulation would come and a great tribulation such as never was before, and uh, that uh, wickedness in this era would cause uh, mankind to fall under judgment. I mean, if I was the creator, uh, which I wouldn't presume myself to be such a person as as the creator, and, and quite frankly, I don't think I'd I'd be very good at the job, uh, you know, but uh, if, I, if I put myself in my creator's shoes and for a minute and think about it, 
if I saw the amount of over a half a billion people dead to abortion over the last 30 to uh, 40 years, I think I would be a little upset with mankind. And uh, I have no doubt that he is. Now, when we look at this uh, pagan feast of the new year uh, in the traditions of men, how it used to be kept in the ancient Babylonian times and in the Greek and ancient Roman times and such and how it's kept today is probably somewhat a little bit different uh, than what it's kept now. But it, there were are many similarities. Uh, we know the similarities of people having the tradition of getting drunk on uh, this day uh, coming up uh, in a few days here in America with uh, what they call the New Year. And also, uh, there's a lot of rebel rousing and dancing and different sorts of things that you would imagine would be done with any sort of celebration, whether it was a pagan or, 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 or another type of celebration of mankind. So, uh, it, this time... During this time and era that we're in, in the COVID-19 era, um, it's in particular a, a matter where we have to review ourselves. Look at our, look at our hearts, look at our minds, look at our souls and look at our practices and what we're doing and take a self-evaluation and a self-inventory of your own behavior and, and consider, is this really what the creator would want me to do? Is this what he would have me to do? Now, uh, I know a lot of people out there are, are, are like me and like other people and they have family members and they want you to come and participate in their holiday system and have a dinner or something like that. And I don't see anything wrong with eating food on any day that's happened to be a pagan day or something like that. I mean, we have to eat every day. Uh, or, or almost every day, unless we're fasting, under Yah, uh, for a purpose and for uh, you know a, a personal sacrifice for spiritual renewal or spiritual enhancement. But uh, we have to eat, and and we have to uh, you know uh, drink fluids and and stay alive and keep ourselves healthy, especially in the time of these pestilence and disease and plagues that are spreaded around, spreading around all over the world. So you know. Uh, it isn't just the eating and the drinking and the revelry. What it is, is you are literally casting your knees and bowing to worship a false deity, which Yah said, do not even mention the names of these false deities out of our mouth. And so if the Almighty told us, say, listen, be careful. In fact, the scripture says, be circumspect and don't be like the pagans around you. And don't even let the words, the names of these false deities be heard out of your mouth. And then we go and we, we speak these names and, and we, we tell these names, uh, you know, to people and such like that. And then uh, we wish jubilation or, or happiness to a person during these pagan days and uh, a merriment and such and in our greetings and stuff. Uh, then in a way you're advocating these uh, pagan days and, and that sort of thing. So we have to look at ourselves and take a serious self-evaluation about how we respond to people and things like that. And, um, you know, we have to take the leading of the Spirit too because the Scripture says, cast not your pearls before swine. 
So uh, we don't want to just go out there and just, you know, tell everybody, well, hey, you know, this is a pagan day and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't think you should do it. And I'm not keeping it because the Bible says this and that and preaching a message to them. Unless you feel led by the spirit that that's what you're supposed to do in a particular situation, in a particular time of, uh, of doing that. Uh, if you're going out to witness and to share your faith with people, then certainly don't resist the spirit of Yah's leading to witness to a person when you have to witness to them. But then we have to also consider the fact that sometimes we just don't need to cast our pearl in front of the pigs and uh, uh, let them, you know, trample it under and, and disgrace you and, and you know, uh, start arguments and fights. And sometimes it even blows up into violent situations. So we have to take the leading and discernment of the spirit of Yah in us to know when is the right time to share the truth and the faith with those people. We know that the day and the hour is short and we have a short time before the the great tribulation period that we can share our faith with the world. So we should be prayerfully and and carefully considering how and when we preach the good news of Mashiach and so that the Spirit is leading, because it's really the Spirit of Yah that draws men unto Him. It's not our preaching or teaching. Of course, it says in the Scripture, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of Yah, and how can they hear and be saved if they don't hear a preacher preach it? But And, and we're all called to preach the gospel, the good news of salvation in the name of Yahshua Messiah uh, in, in uh, Yahuwah's name, but we need to also be wise as serpents, as the scripture says. We need to be wise and know when is the right time, when is the Spirit drawing men to him, when is the Spirit speaking to their heart and saying, you know, I really need to repent from the evil behavior that I have and turn away from my sin and turn toward the Almighty. So if the Spirit's drawing them and you're, you're feeling that in your spirit, then certainly do not resist the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is calling people, do what the Spirit of Yah and what Yahshua Messiah tells you to do and preach the gospel and teach them salvation in his name. But there are times when we are cautioned, be careful, go another way. Uh, one good example is in uh, the the New Testament, in the Gospels, when the angel comes to Yosef and says to him, now, listen, you need to leave and take the young boy with you, take Yahshua Messiah with you and go to Egypt because uh, Herod's going to seek to kill him. The Herod, the king at the time, was seeking to kill him. So he picked up that night immediately, as soon as the angel told him in the dream, he woke up and picked up that very time, that very night, and left because the soldiers were almost at the door. Herod had already sent him out and said, go kill all the children two years old and younger. Because as to the time when the wise men told him that the star they had seen was in the sky foretelling the coming of Mashiach, who was to be king in Israel, and who is to be the prophesied child born in Bethlehem. Well, you know, it took. they didn't hop the red eye to Tel Aviv and get off that very night and join the shepherds in the, in the Sukkot and uh, uh, keeping uh, there by them and give the gold frankincense and myrrh. No, it says very clearly in the scriptures, it says they found the young boy two years later as to two years old and younger when Herod 
killed the children. And that was the reasoning of it. That's when they found him at his house. And it says right in the scripture, it says they found him at his house and they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And because there's three gifts, everybody assumes there was three wise men or three wise guys, as I like to say, that came, or magistrates. But we know that they came from the closest city that they came from was Aldenia, Iraq, which is named after Daniel the prophet, which is Daniel. El was for Elohim. Daniel is uh, actually in the ancient Hebrew is Daniyah, and that was the city that Daniel had set aside a treasure and said and told them uh, the 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 leaders of the city. Now, when you see this, the star in in the lion's house of the king of David in the sky, at the uh, conjunction of the virgin and the lion king of David, symbol of the stars in the sky, that is when the Mashiach is going to be born, and therefore you will go and find him in the prophesied place and give to him this gift that I have set aside from the wealth he took out of Babylon, which was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so uh, that treasure that was set aside by the by the prophetic power of Yah in the city of Daniah and wherever those kings or magistrates came from we know by some of the records historically that they came from uh the um city of Daniah in the country which is now Iraq and so the interesting thing about it is when we calculate those days, it comes out to about, on the Roman calendar, somewhere around the 4th of January, two years later, when they found the young boy at his house. So uh, when we look at this and we look at the calendar dating system and such and how these things happened and how these things came about, uh, we start to understand that the feasts of Yah were to represent when the Mashiach was going to be born on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles and when these things and events were going to happen, uh, Yah made provision ahead of time to teach us the plan of salvation. Get covered in the blood of Yahshua Messiah and receive him as your Savior. Get the sin out of your life, unleavened bread. Get the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Ruach HaKodesh of Yah into your life. Get that trumpet, be looking for it, and sound for that sound of the trumpet when Mashiach shall return. Get the atoning power of conversion and dressed in the robes of white for the wedding feast of a lamb by the power of Yahshua Messiah. Get ready to enter into the tabernacle of Yah and get ready to stand on the judgment day, the last great day, the eighth day assembly, and be judged righteous by your advocate, your lawyer, Yahshua Messiah, for the overcoming of the sins. For here's the patience of the set-apart saints. They kept the commandments of Yah and they have the testimony of Yahshua Messiah. So, I encourage you, to pray and accept Yahshua as your Messiah. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Yahshua Messiah, write my name in the book of life. Write my name in the book of remembrance as those who speak and think and talk about the name of Yah. Cleanse me with your blood. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me to walk in the spirit in the newness of life. I believe that you are Mashiach. I believe you rose from the dead by the power of Yah on the third 24-hour day. 
and that you ascended up into heaven to sit beside Yah at the right hand of the Father in heaven until your coming. At your coming, I pray, Yahshua, that I shall be changed in the blinking of an eye, that I shall be made like you in as a sinless person, that I shall be your servant for all eternity to do the will of Yah forever and ever in the kingdom and in the eternal kingdom of Yah, according to his name in which I ask it and pray the name of Yahuwah the Father, the name of Yahshua the Son, I ask it, Yamin and hallelujah. <laughs> a lot of people have asked me about that word, Yamin. It's actually a Hebrew word. It means, so be it, according to the working and will of Yah. It is an actual Hebrew word, Yamin. It was shortened to, to the other word for the false deity of, uh, need I say it, Amen, Amen Ra, kind of name that was added to the scripture. Originally, it was Yamein. It was taken from a Hebrew word that's called Omein, which meant the work of a man or the work of Yah. So when it was the work of Yah and the well of Yah, it was called Yamein. And it's in the scripture. You can look it up in Strong's Dictionary of Hebrew Words or in Bridgeton Drivers or, or one of those places. We also have a posting on Yahspace.org, which is also YahshuaMessiah.ning.com. Go over there and join for free. And don't forget to, you know, go over to my friends at Anchor FM. And uh, if you're going to do a podcast or you're going to teach or preach or something like that, um, Anchor FM has great programs. And we are grateful to Anchor FM for giving us this free app in order to bring you Faith Radio and the Latter Rain Chronicles here on Anchor FM. And you know what's really neat about it? If you go to our website, at anchor.fm slash faith radio you can see there's other ways you can get our podcast like tuned in or um, uh, google podcasts or all the different syndicated ways you can get it you can even get us on spotify now so it's really helpful if you help us out by going to those different apps and listening to the radio show each week and uh, downloading the podcast or sharing it with your friends on social networks like Facebook, Gab, uh, and Parler, uh, Twitter, uh, whatever special uh, social network you have that's your favorite. You can share our podcast. And the links are also over there at yahbible.org. So don't forget to stop over there and get our books in. Pretty soon this new book will be coming out uh, about the Jubilee calendar. And I'm sure you're going to want to get this because it's an intensive study. It has uh, information about the names of the months, the restored names from the Hebrew, from removing of the Chaldean names or the Babylonian names of the Babylonian language. So be looking for the Jubilee calendar of Yah from scriptures, which will be coming out at the beginning of the Roman New Year in the uh, first month of the Roman New Year (laughs) after the pagan roman new year day so i encourage you to look forward to the feasts of yah and the proper new year in the spring which will be coming up in the springtime and keep the feast of pashach passover and keep the feast of unleavened bread with all of us over there at yahspace.org until next week i'm your host dan merrick and uh, we look forward to hearing from you uh by stopping by our website and clicking on uh, how to contact us there. 
All right, have a great week, and we'll be back next week with a new message about Yahuwah our Father and Yahshua the Son and how our Heavenly Father has a plan for our lives. This radio broadcast depends on the contributions of viewers like you. We appreciate your tithes and offerings and the gifts of our supporters and listeners worldwide. Without your kind gifts and offerings, we cannot reach so many with the good news of Messiah's love and salvation. To give your gift online, you can click the PayPal button at thinkya.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-Y-A-H dot org. Or visit our social network at yahsspace.org. That's Y-A-H-S space dot org. Our goal is to continue to reach the world for Messiah, and your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated and help keep this broadcast on the air.